Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew. We're up to chapter 5 in what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And we've looked at the Beatitudes and saw the grace of that. We've looked at Jesus talk about our lives reflecting that grace as salt and light. Last week we saw that he was telling us about how he didn't come to change or void the law, but came to fulfill it. And then he, he ends with this statement. It's actually in the verse right before the verses we're going to look at today. Look with me at verse 20 because it's, it's really an enigma. It's like, how oh, in the world can I do that? Well, we're going to talk about that because Jesus is going to talk about that now in the following verses. But look with me at verse 20 and look at what he says there. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What in the world is he saying there, George? Well, look at what he's saying here. He's talking about you and I having a righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. What was their righteousness? Well, theirs was all based on external action, on the stuff they did on the religious stuff they did, on how perfect they were on the outside, supposedly. Do you understand? How perfect they were. Now, if you notice, their perfection didn't reach over into how they treated Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you notice that there was an exception then for their lack of righteousness? But he's saying that you and I need to have a righteousness that exceeds that. How is that possible, George? Well, I'll tell you how it's possible, because their issues were on the surface. It's really talking about you and I getting beneath the surface and dealing with our own heart issues. And how we're able to deal with our own heart issues is through who, folks? Christ, through Jesus. Because he's the only one that can help us. He's the only one who can what? Change our hearts. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at Jesus. He actually makes six or seven statements in the rest of the chapter, chapter 5, in which he begins, like you'll notice in verse 21, you have heard that it is said to those. You have heard. You have heard. You have heard. And he makes that statement several times, dealing with several different topics. And if you look at each one of those topics that he's talking about here, it's really a heart issue, because that's what he's talking about here. He's not talking about just keeping the law. He's talking about the heart issue with regards to keeping that law. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's talking about your hearts. So let's notice the first one, the first heart issue that we're going to look at today. I'll go ahead and tell you what it is. It's anger. Anybody can relate to that one? Look with me at verse 21. Look at what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in, in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, 
If you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hands you over to the officer, and, and you'd be thrown into prison. And assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Folks, we're going to take these six verses, and we're going to look and divide it into three sections. We're going to talk about self-deception. You and I have a problem with self-deception. We'll talk about that briefly. We're going to talk about reality. You and I have to come to grips with reality. And then we're going to talk about reconciliation. Reconciliation. Let's talk about self-deception. Look with me at verse 21. Notice what Jesus says. He's really sharing what the Pharisees would share. The scribes and the Pharisees would go around and make a point of, of saying the law. And what they would say is this. He said, you've heard it said of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. What's he trying to point out here? Here's what the issue of self-deception is. We view God's law in terms of actions. If most of us were to be honest with ourselves... When we talk about whether or not we do what God wants us to do, we really focus on whether or not we're doing stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I doing the right actions? Am I doing this or am I not doing that? We think in terms of doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whenever we talk about God's law, we talk in terms of what? Doing. Now, here's how I know that that's true. Because you can say, I don't know if I agree with that, George. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, when's the last time you talked to somebody who quit coming to church? And you said to them, hey, we miss you at church, and, 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 and we want you to come back, or why don't you come to our church? And they say something like this. Well, you know, I tried, you ever notice, I tried to do all that they wanted me to what? Do, but I couldn't what? Do it. You hear them say things like that? Why? Because they have a concept in their mind of God's law being about what? Doing, about action. Do you understand? We view God's law in terms of action. So that's what Jesus is addressing here. You've heard it said, do not murder. Well, we know that. It's in the Ten Commandments, right? It's part of the moral law. But here's what we do. We judge ourselves based on that premise. What premise? That we view things based on actions. So how you doing, George? I'm doing okay. Why? Haven't killed anybody. Not an axe murderer. Haven't participated in genocide. So we're doing all right. Are we not? Every one of us here, we're doing okay, right? Because we haven't done or murdered anybody. Because we haven't completed the action. Have you noticed that? Let me just stop for a moment. There, there's a danger with judging ourselves based on this premise. Why? Let's, let's lay aside the issue of murder. Jesus is addressing murder here for a moment. But let's talk about somebody else. How many times have you found yourself judging someone because they did that thing and you've never done that? You ever notice that? They did that thing. They committed adultery. They stole from their boss. They lied. 
they got divorced. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you're, you're like, well, I never did that. We've never had that in my family. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you ever hear things like that before? You ever, ever heard that thing? Here's what I'm telling you. There's a danger here because why? It goes back to that self-deception. We look at God's law in terms of actions and then we judge ourselves based on what? That premise. Because I haven't done that. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now. It's time for the church to wake up for a moment. Wake up, church, and realize that it ain't all about actions. Do you know what I'm saying? It ain't all about actions, because the fact of the matter is, listen to me, we're all messed up. Do do, do you know what I'm saying? We are all messed up. I don't know about that, George. Yeah, you are. You are. How do you know that? Because you're human. I still don't believe you. Well, let's talk to family. They'll tell us, oh yeah, I remember when. And remember those are the times when you cringe at the reunion, when they bring up some story about some stupid thing you did? See, this is the self-deception we operate under. That in terms of God's law, it's all about our actions, and we judge ourselves based on that. So I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. But Jesus, he comes along and he says, you've heard it said, but, but. Because look at me, look with me. Very first word in verse 22. But I say to you, Jesus comes along and he introduces reality. Because here's the thing. Let's, let's be honest. Have you noticed that sometimes with church, we can live in another world in church? If you're, you come to church, if, you're, if your whole world is Christians and your whole world is, is based upon whether or not you're doing the right actions and keeping the right rules and, and doing all of that, you can enter into like a, an alternate universe. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you comic book heroes know about that, about alternate universes, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and if you're a Star Trek fan, remember the alternate universe where, where, where Captain Kirk and Spock and how then the alternate universe, Spock had a beard? Remember that? Some of my Star Trekies here are like, yeah, I remember that. The rest of you are like, I don't care for Star Trek. That's okay. You don't have to, all right? But I want you to understand, we as Christians can live in our own alternate universe and deceive ourselves into thinking it's all about actions. And Jesus comes along and he just bursts through that thinking and says, but I say to you. So here's reality. Look at what he says there, verse 22. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Let me just stop for a moment. That phrase, without cause, that's only in the New King James. It's only in the New King James. Some of the earlier manuscripts don't even have that clause, without cause. So if some of you have a Bible, an NIV or something, it doesn't say that. If you have an ESV, it doesn't say that. So basically what Jesus is saying here is if you are angry... If you are angry, you're in danger. And you say, whoa, wait a minute, George, because when I read the news, I get angry. Is that what he's talking about? I mean, it's just kind of hard for me to comprehend here that he's talking about just me being angry. Now, let me explain to you what anger means here. We have one English word that says angry, but Greek has more specific language in its writing. And the anger that it's talking about here is talking about, are you ready for this? Bitterness. Emotional, strong feelings. 
It's talking about being embittered. Did you know what I'm saying? And that's what we're talking about. When you read the news, I, I don't see too many people, yeah, they're angry about what they're reading, but they're not embittered. You know, do you know what I'm saying? It's talking about anguish of heart that expresses itself in extreme bitterness. That's what we're talking about. Now do you understand what we talk about? If he says, if you have that type of anger, you're in danger. So here's the point I want you to see here. The intent of the law was to expose, this is why God's law was existing, was to expose the heart. So when he says, thou shalt not murder, he's not just talking about actions, folks. He wants to expose, are you ready for this, your heart. Oh. Well, I guess it's not that easy, is it? Because let's be honest, are our hearts perfect? No, Jeremiah says that they're wicked who can understand them. And let me just stop for a moment. You might be here and you might say to yourself, well, I've never killed anybody. Yeah, but have you in there, in your heart? Have you? Don't, don't, don't answer that, okay? Okay, don't answer it. But, I mean, the reality is, is there are times when you're like, oh, okay, wish he was out of here. Do, do you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you have been embittered and angry. The law reveals, exposes the heart. Here's the next thing I want you to see here from this verse. Unrestrained anger is just as bad as murder. That's what Jesus is getting to here. When we talk about anger here, it's bitterness that is unrestrained. Unrestrained anger is just as bad as what? Murder. Ever been around somebody who's so embittered and angry? Seriously, have you ever been around them? And when they talk about somebody, that's all they talk about. Have you noticed that? How's the Steelers doing? I can't believe they did that to me. And I wish that they had a this. And you just go on and on. Well, I was just asking about the Steelers. How do you think the new season's going to be? Well, you know, as long as they're alive, it ain't good. We laugh at that, but isn't that true? Riding down the road. Boy, that's a cool tune. I love that song. Don't you love that song? That song reminds me of them. Change the channel. Whoa. Then you find out every song reminds them of them. You just turn it off, right? Unrestrained anger, Jesus said, is just as bad as murder. But he goes on a little bit further. Notice he, he says something here. He talks about, look at what he says here, verse 22, last part. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, what does Raka mean? Well, Raka is an Aramaic derogatory term for somebody. Actually, here's, here, here's what I would describe it as if we're going to use it in in our western central Pennsylvania, Clearfield County way of talking, it's like going and saying, you piece of work. Ever notice when somebody describes somebody as a piece of work, they're not talking about them being a masterpiece. <laughs> Have you noticed that? When you use that, you, when you say, oh, he's just a piece of work, you, you're not talking about how fabulous they are, are you? 
It's a derogatory statement, right? This is what Jesus is saying. Whoever says raka, a derogatory term, is in danger of the council. And whoever says you fool, now what, what does that mean? You fool. Well, in the Jewish mindset, it would mean unbeliever. Here he's talking about you expressing something about who they are. The essence of who they are, that they're an unbeliever. That they're worse than an unbeliever. Here's what I want you to see. Here's the point. Anger expressed will be judged. This is what Jesus is saying here. All of these things are that very anger that he's talking about being expressed verbally. And the reality is, here's the reality, folks. It's not just about actions. It's about your heart. And what comes out of your heart. And it's just as bad as murder. In fact, isn't that what we say? You may not have killed him with your hands, but you've killed him in your heart many times. You may not have killed him with your hands, but you've killed him with your what? Your words and what you say about them. See, this, this is the heart issue. Jesus says, you want to, you want to have righteousness? Well, your righteousness needs to exceed what the Pharisees were doing. Because the Pharisees could walk around and say, whoa, we've never killed anybody. But boy, isn't he a piece of work? And boy, isn't he a fool? And, and I'm, you know, angry at this, that, or another. And he's saying to them, look, guys, it's your hearts. It's your hearts. So what does he do next? He talks to us here in verse 23 through 26. He gives us two illustrations to talk about reconciliation. He uses the illustration of what to do if you're going to the altar, and I'll explain that in a moment. And then he uses the illustration of you getting into a disagreement, maybe a financial disagreement, with your friend on the road. So let's read them together. And then I want to show you some things here about reconciliation. Look with me at verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Okay, what's he talking about here, George? Well, let's take him illustration by illustrations. I got two points I want to make about the first illustration, and then I got one point I want to make about the second one. He's, you know, what Jesus is doing here is, is through these illustrations, he's going to make a point here because he's saying it's not good for you to be angry. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about just being angry because you disagree with something. I'm talking about you being embittered and unrestrained in your anger. So listen to what he says. First thing. Religious actions are meaningless while relationships are broken. 
He gives the illustration. He says, when you, if you come to the altar, what's he talking about? Well, again, remember his audience is Jewish, and in their mind, the altar would be the altar of sacrifice in the Jewish temple. And once a year, all the Jews would come, and they would come, or even as they sinned, they would come to the altar to, to make an offering. What kind of offering? A sacrifice so that they could have what, folks? Forgiveness. And he's saying, if you come to the altar seeking your own forgiveness, but in the meantime you recognize that somebody somewhere's got something against you, you're to what? Leave your sacrifice there. You leave your offering there, and you go, and you make it right. Why? Because here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing, because this is what the Pharisees did. They could be at odds with people, but think they're okay because they kept coming and making the sacrifices, doing all the right stuff religiously, and there was a trail of broken relationships behind them. Jesus comes along and says, look, before you even offer for yourself, you go and make right your relationships. Because why? Your religious acts are meaningless while the relationships are broken. Did you understand what I'm saying? That is so true, folks. Your religious acts are so meaningless, are you listening to me, while your relationships are broken. You say, is that real, George? Are you sure about that? Listen to me. Listen to what Peter says. First Peter chapter 3. Husbands, you don't love your wives. God will not hear your what? Prayers. Prayers. <laughs> What's he talking about there, George? Well, he's talking about a relationship. What kind of relationship? Husband-wife. And husbands, if you're not loving your wife like you should be, guess what? Your religious acts are what? Meaningless. Meaningless. Ooh. I don't know if I like that. Tough. It's for you and me. Because we sure do struggle in this area, don't we? We'd like to think we're okay. But we're really not if there's broken relationships in our, in our path, isn't there? Here's the second thing I want you to see. Here's what he's telling us to do. Here's what he's telling us to do. We are called to make the effort to reconcile. We are called to make the effort to reconcile. Now, I, I added in there, he says you should go and make right, but I add in their effort to you. Why? Because there are sometimes, you know this, you've done somebody wrong, you know you've done somebody wrong, have you ever tried to go to them and they don't want to hear you? I understand that, you understand that, right? What do you do? You make the effort. That's what he's talking about here. Before you go on and focus on your own spiritual life, you try to make the effort to what? Reconcile. You make the effort to go and make right with the person you've done wrong. See, this is the issue. It's about your heart. It's about you dealing with the issue. Don't cover it up with your spirituality. 
I mean, we are, you know what, forget the Oscars. You know what I'm saying? Forget the Emmys, best actress, best actor, best plot, best all of that, best writer. We could write some real doozies in here, couldn't we? Because of the way we show up on Sunday, woo, I'm doing all right today. As soon as we leave, oh man, glad that's over because this is really what's going on. We can be spiritual and not have it together. And that's what Jesus is getting to. That's the hard issue. And the issue is about our anger. And the issue is about broken relationships. So reconcile. Make the effort to reconcile. Here, in the second illustration, he uses the illustration of you being along the way, and he's saying about you making it right with your adversary, because if you don't make it right with your adversary, your adversary may hand you over to the judge, who hands you over to the officer, who throws you in jail, and then Jesus says, you will stay there until you pay the last penny you owe him. Now you look at that and you say, holy cow. How's that possible? Well, it wasn't possible. Do you understand? They didn't have a prison system like we have now where you could maybe earn pennies for an hour. And there you were in a dungeon and your family, they didn't even feed you. Your family had to bring food to you and you're in there until the bill is paid. Now who pays the bill? Your family. Meaning you're going to be in there a long time. So again, he's going to talk about you reconciling, you making an effort to deal with it. Why? Because here's the point. Deal with the unresolved issues before more trouble comes. Have you noticed that? Deal with the unresolved issue before more trouble comes. You ever, you ever, ever said, you ever had an issue go on with somebody and said, I'm just not going to deal with that. They, they, they can get real on their own. I mean, they're just blowing this out of proportion and you don't do anything about it. Have you ever noticed it doesn't stay small? Have you ever noticed that your little problem with them doesn't stay small? It always blows up into what? Something bigger. This is what Jesus is talking about here, folks. Now let's stop for a moment. I want you to think about this with me for the moment. Think about what Jesus is doing here. He says, you've heard it said, thou shall not murder. But I say to you, he goes a little bit further beneath the surface. He's going to talk about the heart. He's going to talk about your heart and the reality of your anger. And he's going to say to you, it's about your heart. And here's what you need to do. You need to mend, are you listening to me, broken relationships. Because your religious acts are meaningless. And if you don't, you've got more trouble coming. Let's just stop for a moment. Which was easier? Doing what the Pharisees said? Don't physically murder somebody or doing what Jesus said. Which is easier, folks? I don't know, George. Think about it. <laughs> Which is easier? I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot easier not to kill somebody than to make it right with somebody, isn't it? Wow. See, this is what he's confronting us with. Jesus goes beneath the surface of our religious persona and goes right to the heart of the matter, our hearts. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.